watercolor needs water almost as much as Nicholas Holman needs art. Yes, that badly. From having everything going wrong after moving across the country to focus on his art, to becoming a TikTok sensation, Nick's story is bound to inspire you, no matter at what stage in your journey you're at. If you'd like to know more, then please join us today as we discuss Nick's crazy roller coaster like story, why a painting can bring up emotions and thoughts that the real life subject cannot, going viral on TikTok, tips on adding depth to your gouache paintings, and how creating can ignite creativity. Want to be part of the show? Then send in your questions or topics you'd like to see covered to our email at hello at etcherlab.com. If you send us an audio recording, we might include it in the episode. Hi, I'm Anya, and this is Make More Art, a podcast by Etcher, meant to inspire you to keep on creating. Now let's hear from our guest. Nick. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have a bunch of questions for you. A lot of your art uh, inspires me. And when I was looking through your feed and starting to get to know you through your art, I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. We need to have him in the podcast. Uh, so before we start with that, can you take us all the way back? Uh, I know you started art relatively recently, but mm -hmm. 2015, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. when... Yeah. Was that when you realized that art needed to be part of who you were or was that earlier? So when did that start? No, yeah, so that that actually was in, um, I would say the end of 2014 into 2015. Um, <clears throat> it's weird because art runs in my blood. My mom's an artist, she's a painter. My grandma retired as an art teacher. My aunt wow. is a professional painter. Um, So art really is in my blood, but ironically enough, I didn't have that like artistic grounding that you would think, like when I say those three people are artists, you would be like, oh, you must have had an incredibly creative childhood. But, <laughs> and my mom always gets mad at me when I say this, but I don't think that it was that creative. Like when I imagine my kid's childhood, it's going to be filled with creativity. And I don't feel like that. So yeah, anyway, art's in my blood, but it was on my own discovery. And that's why I think it came so late. So it was just on my own finding, you know, I wanted to be like marine biology. I wanted to be a meteorologist. I wanted to like really do something with the earth and the planet. And then I discovered art and I just like, so what originally got me to draw was that I wanted to draw my own tattoo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hindsight, I'm glad I didn't get that tattoo because my drawings <laughs> were not good. Um, so yeah, thankfully that didn't happen. But it was that that act of drawing that mm -hmm. I realized because nothing had ever like made me draw before. Um, you know, like I was always doodling on homework and I was creating a lot of things, but I didn't have that conscious awareness of like, I love this. I need to do this. You know, like through high school, like I wasn't one of those kids that was like sketching in the corner. I was like in choir and theater and like in the middle of everything, you know, 
I wasn't you were singing, dancing, um, acting. You were super creative, though. I guess, right? You're just not yeah, doing... yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, I wasn't doing like art, like representational physical art. Even though I loved art class, I just like wasn't like aware of how much I needed it. And to be honest, I totally sucked at school. I was a really bad student, except for choir, theater, and art. <laughs> I mean, I passed oh, wow. high school by the skin of my teeth. I, I was a, not a good student. Um, so yeah, it was on my own discovery. And then once I realized that like I love this, I got this like tiny little set of watercolors and I haven't stopped since. And I mean that like I have not stopped. So what what was the aha moment for you? Like when did you when did you when did it click? The aha moment was when I combined watercolor and ink, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, ink and wash or whatever. I did this tutorial and I and ironically enough, I wasn't one of those people that was like obsessed with YouTube tutorials, which you would think because that's like what artists, younger artists like in our generation, they do because YouTube is so accessible. But I wasn't gravitating towards that. I was just painting and I actually did this because I did like a total of like three tutorials when I was starting out which I feel like is not normally how it goes but I did this tutorial and it was watercolor and then you ink it you know like mm -hmm. you just fill in that drawing and it was the definition of an epiphany it was like this is it this I I will never stop this so at that time I was in Florida And I was like, okay, like I need, I need to go to art school. This is what, this is it, like art school. And so I start looking <clears throat> and there just happened to be an art school an hour away. And I didn't do any research more than that. So come to find out it's a very prestigious college. Um, it's a private art school. Uh, it's called Bringling College of Art and Design. So I applied to that. I get in, I did some of my best drawings to get in, you know, like I drew my feet mm -hmm. and I've never drawn like, and own like my own body part and so I end up getting in and there has never been a moment where everything felt so right like like sitting in a class and wow. someone is just teaching me about art I've just never felt and I was older so I'm like I think I was like 21 or 22 and I'm surrounded by 17 and 18 year olds you know mm -hmm. and I am just enamored and just like I'm just obsessed with this, you know, I'm literally, it was like a child learning about like why the sky is blue. I was just so like learning perspective and there's like two points of perspective in the horizon line. And I'm just like, man, there's like math behind art. And like, I'm, oh my God. And you could talk to any of my professors. I would stay after class. I would ask so many questions. I drove an hour each way. I was always early. I had everything I needed. I was just obsessed. I, I truly was fascinated. And I was just like the driest sponge that absorbed every word that they said. Oh my God. Um, you could be a yeah, meme, like every single art student when they learn about perspective. Oh my God, there's math. And then Nick, <laughs> oh my God, there's math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, seriously. Um, so I only ended up going there for a year and a half just because it was very, very expensive, like way, way, mm -hmm. very expensive. Um, so that was like 2017, I think. And then that's really when I hit the ground running of like, um, 
how do I make money from this? You know, how do I, how do I dive deeper into this and make this a real thing? Um, I was serving on the side for Mm -hmm. many, many years. Um, But yeah, I just did everything I could to find my style, find what I'm good at, find what people like, and just dive into this. And here I am now. Wow. So that was, so you were 22 at the time, you're now 27 ish yeah so you yeah you dropped you dropped out of art school right because of the pricing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. after more or less how long a year a few months yeah I went for three semesters so a year and a half okay a year and a half so and after you got out up until today you've been doing what self-discovery going into your art journey yourself was is that it yeah uh, so much self-discovery Um, I, I always wanted uh, like a higher education. So I started looking for ateliers, um, because generally ateliers are cheaper and they're slower. Um, so it's where you're an apprentice to like a living master and you just learn like the classical way of drawing, you know, like Michelangelo learned. And I was really, really intrigued with the ateliers. So I started traveling the country to find one because there's like 67 registered ateliers in America. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to Pennsylvania, there's an atelier up there and it's totally free. And obviously that is attractive. Um, and then I visited another atelier in Seattle. And then um, the last one I visited was in Phoenix, Arizona. And it, was, it wasn't free, but it was really, really affordable. And I loved this man's work. His name is Timothy Reese. Um, so I decided on that school. And so in 2020, me and my partner and our five animals moved from Florida to Arizona for me to attend this atelier. And I was going for about a month, maybe even three weeks, and then the pandemic hit. Um, so I was doing some studies at home, but also like I lost, we both lost our jobs. So I dove into art even more, like doing pet portraits and like paying bills, you know, all of that stuff. We're in a brand new city. We didn't know anyone. Um, And then I think like maybe a month later, the master, Tim Reese, he decided to close his school forever. So the school that I had been waiting for, I moved across the country for, closed forever. Because it's just him and all of his students dropped out. So it's like, how could he run a school? Yeah. So I will say in hindsight now, like that was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, that was, that was devastating, you know, cause I, I saved so much for that move. The move took four days. It was just huge, you know, but obviously like all of us, the pandemic really changed our lives. So, um, but yeah, um, so it was like self-discovery. And then I found that school, the school didn't work out. And then I moved back home, which is Missouri. So this is where mm-hmm. I was born and raised. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, it's really been amazing since I've come back here. And it's just kind of go, it's, it's came to show me that it doesn't really matter where you're at. Um, as long as you're doing what you love, I think people will gravitate to you. And mm-hmm. so that's when, that's when my TikTok really started to take off. I went viral a few times. I believe that's where Etcher found me is through some yeah, of those videos, so possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've just had a lot of m- amazing opportunities because I've found a platform to show my personality, 
um, my love for makeup and expression, but also my extreme love for painting. Yeah, and everything ties really well together with TikTok as a platform. Uh, social media has been a lot on my mind, a lot in my mind lately. That's why I'm like, of course you'd go viral on TikTok. You are so expressive with your words. I mean, your art is amazing and it's visual and it's an image, but the way that you present your content through words is so honest and captivating that, of course, you'd go viral on on TikTok. It's the platform that makes the most sense uh, for you, I think, looking Mm -hmm. at you. And and I'm just meeting you now. So uh, my two cents. So. So you came from having this devastating blow uh, back to your hometown, got yourself back on your feet and 2021 started with your uh, face. Uh, paintings yeah for uh f-word magazine and they have such positive like the messaging that you're passing on with each one in your stories in your instagram is just so positive like be strong believe in yourself and and like everyone needs to hear that and there's so many of Mm -hmm. them so how did that sequence start and how could you be so positive when you were just coming back from a devastating blow yourself So I think um, my positivity comes from the fact that I'm just like always trying to do better. And the fact that I did end up getting this platform that I've never had before and that I'm actually making an impact. I just, it's like the, you know, the biggest fire in my gut ever of like, people care what I'm doing. They're inspired by me. And this is really powerful. So then F Word Magazine, oh, so the series started, and this is why they reached out with me, um, is because I started painting around the world because I love traveling, we all love traveling, but no one should be traveling. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, I I was specific on my words and it's like, we can travel, but I was saying no one should be traveling because I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to be careful with my words. You shouldn't be traveling, like, let's be responsible. And that was, you know, back when I started, things are getting better now, thankfully. Um, But yeah, so I started painting around the world and I started with Belgium and I use this uh, app or website, it's called Mm randomstreetview.com. So it takes you into a random street and you can look around, it's Google Maps. So if anyone's used that, but um, you can look around and, but it's random. So you just click a button and it's totally random. So I ended up in Belgium on this, adorable street with these adorable buildings very European you know it was just it was perfect and I was like um you know showing people what I'm looking at and then I paint it and that was my first travel series that went viral Mm -hmm. I think it's at like you know it's well over a million views which is just crazy to think about Mm -hmm. um and then a person in Belgium went to the location and videoed the whole thing. So the fact that I'm painting this location, that's cool. All of these people have now laid their eyes on this, which they would have never seen prior, um, even if it's not in person. But then to have a Belgian person go take us there and play the same song that I was playing. She got out in the street and she was like, her dad drove her there and she was like dancing in the street. And it's like, that's, that's the house that I painted. And it was, it gives me chills even talking about it. It was just so magical. It's only happened once. So no one else has duetted anything yet, but it was just so cool that I'm doing this little connection, you know, 
and this little moment that is just so special. So, um, so yeah, F Word Magazine saw that and they're like, hey, we love your World Series. We want to turn this into a makeup look. Do you think you can do that? And I was like, ah, I've never even thought of that. Yeah, I can do that. Let's let's do that. So yeah, I just painted four landscapes on my face and I even did fonts and I shot my own photos and I don't know, it was just it was just so cool. And I think positivity comes from all of those amazing things happening, you know, because I chose to paint this thing but make a video and bring people along. So, I don't know. It's just really powerful. It is. And you you earlier you said when you do something you love, people are drawn to it. Why do you think that happens? Because they see the passion in your eyes. Like I've had so many people comment, like I know nothing about painting, but this video was amazing. Or I know nothing about art, but I appreciate this because of how you're talking about it. And it's like, I mean, it could be a makeup artist. Like if they post videos about how much they love makeup and how passionate they are, people will gravitate to that. You love landscaping, same thing. You love plants, you you know, like I just think people are drawn to passion and uh, creativity and the confidence that I exude and my love for this. I don't know. I just think I um, show people like what they want to see. Art as a form of empathy. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. I do. Cool. So tell us a little bit more about your art specifically. So I, I was looking into your Instagram, into your website. I saw a lot of fundamental practice, a lot of anatomy, uh, and I saw you using different mediums. What medium do you mm -hmm. love the most? So gouache has my heart. Uh, I love gouache to the day I die. Um, <laughs> I do. I love gouache. I don't know. It's that medium that it's like, I understand. It understands me. I know what I know what I like in it and how I, you know what I mean? Like every part of gouache just works for me. Um, but I will say as long as I'm painting, I'm, I'm content. You know, I just love painting. So I use gouache, watercolor, oils. Um, I do a lot of digital work too. I mm -hmm. work for a licensing company. So everything I send them is digital. digital. Um, I really enjoy charcoal and pastels because mm -hmm. it's almost like a dry form of painting, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Gouache is my favorite, but if I'm painting, I'm happy. I just love how you said you understand gouache and gouache understands you as if the painting itself was a living being. So <laughs> amazing. Uh, and, yeah, I don't our, know. It just oh. makes sense. <laughs> no, yeah, I just gouache I, I makes could, sense to me. That's yeah, I, I can see it. I, I mean, if if you're watching the audio version of this episode, you should uh, give a give a listen and and see the video version in our YouTube channel because uh, Nicola's face and expression while talking about about this is just <laughs> mind blowing, amazing. What about your favorite subject? So, what you, do you enjoy painting the most? Um, landscapes for sure. That's definitely mm -hmm. top tier for me. Um, I just think it's really cool that you can bring something so like I'm looking out my window right now, you can bring something so vast to life on like on paper, you know, on a panel on canvas. And 
if you do it well, you can really have the viewer understand just how vast or um, dense or, you know, three-dimensional that space is, you know, like, I don't know, something about landscapes, they're just free, they're my interpretation, they're my choice, and I don't know, they're just liberating, you know, I really yeah. think they are, whereas like portrait painting, I don't, I'm, I'm getting more into portraits, but I don't enjoy them as much because we all know what humans look like. Mm-hmm. And if you see a human that doesn't look right, it stands out like this, even if you know nothing about art. So I just think the, the freedom isn't really there because we all expect a human to look a certain way, you know? And I even feel that way. Like I want my portraits to look a certain way. And if I can't do that, then I'm not like enjoying that process. So I don't know, landscapes and foliage and flowers and like seascapes. I just think there's a lot of freedom there and they're just Mm -hmm. all around really fun to paint. So when someone looks at a scene and then looks at your interpretation of that scene, what would you say the main differences are? What can you make that person see in the scene through your painting that they would probably not be able to see it if they're just looking at the scene themselves? Um, I think lighting. I really am in love with lighting because I think it educates us on what's really happening. You know, without lighting, we wouldn't see anything. Um, I'm. It doesn't necessarily matter what the subject is for me. I'm really attracted to the lighting scenario. Like, mm-hmm. Um, the other day I went out, daffodils are starting to bloom here because we're going into spring and I went out and photographed a bunch of them and just the lighting on them was so gorgeous, you know, and all of those different shades and shifts in value. I think since I see that and pay attention to that, I bring that into my paintings to where people are like, man, I didn't realize there were so, so many shifts in value in a daffodil or like this tree is casting the shadow and I portray it as much cooler, which makes the grass next to it much warmer. So I think like that contrast and play with light is super important to me. It's usually why I choose to paint something is it's lighting. Wow. Um, You are doing a live demo with us on April 13th, Mm -hmm. right? What will you be portraying in that session? So I will be painting one of my favorite things to paint, which is essentially a white building. Um, White buildings cast really, really beautiful shadows. So, um, you know, your white building is going to be really, really bright and warm, but then its shadows are going to be the total opposite and they're going to be super, super cool. So I'm painting this landscape that has like this vintage, well, this old, like decrepit white barn So there's just a lot of textures in that, but the lighting scenario is really beautiful. So I'll be teaching, um, you know, atmospheric perspective, how to portray the sky as receding in space, how to push um, those mountains or those hills back in the background, and then how to bring everything forward. But then like the main focal point is that white barn and the lighting that's happening to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also going to break it down and do some initial sketches with just like Uh, like two values and show the power of like tonal sketches Mm -hmm. 
because if you just do two values, we can understand almost anything. And that that essentially is the most important part. If you can get your value structure accurate and correct, then um, the rest is just, you know, you pushing color. Cool. So, so we will be able to witness your passion for landscapes and 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 light in this live demo. Okay, I, I need to watch yes. this. Uh, and that's on April 13th at noon Eastern time. Link for that will yeah. be in the post associated with this episode at etherlab.com forward slash Holman. Okay, gouache, back to gouache. Would you be able to share with us some tips on how to work with gouache? Yes, um, so I started using gouache um, where I would put it on the palette, I would use it, but then I would let it dry and then I would keep using that. So essentially I was using dry gouache. Um, I have transitioned out of that to where I'm not using dry gouache. It was mainly like a paint conservation, you know, like I just couldn't, if I can reactivate it, then I'm not gonna toss it basically. So I have transitioned out of that and I have found that my paintings have really changed. They're a lot juicier, they're a lot more textured. Um, so I have this little uh, like airtight case that I just pour my paint into um, mm -hmm. instead of using tubes every time because you don't really know how much you need. Um, so I transitioned, transitioned into essentially wet gouache and that's only really what I use. And I think for anyone that's starting out with gouache, that's gonna be weird, that's gonna be scary. But something that you can do is start thin and get thicker. So the reason I love gouache so much is just because it's simple. All you need is water. You know, you don't need Gamzol. You don't need linseed oil. It's not acrylic where it's drying on you before you can even mix a color. You can just reactivate it if that does happen. So, um, so yeah, anyway, with gouache and a lot of other paint, if you just start thinner and get thicker, I think that'll be really beneficial. Like you don't want to lay down a straight out of the tube brushstroke as your first brushstroke, unless you know it's like totally accurate. Um, it's really cool because you can almost start it as a watercolor painting and then slowly get more opaque on the areas that you need to be more opaque. So like if I'm painting this tree scene, I might paint the sky and the distant trees more like a watercolor. So those edges are really soft. And then you just get thicker with the paint as you come closer to the viewer. So physically, the paint is thicker, which that will give the illusion that these things are closer. Mm -hmm. But then also you can get really clean, sharp edges. So paint consistency is super important. That's probably like my first tip. Awesome. Most important tip, I guess. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So good. Okay, this is uh, an amazing interview already. Yeah, I'm so happy. I just need to express the happiness because uh, you are so <laughs> full of life. You are so oh. full of life. It's refreshing. Um, Thanks. Yeah, my partner said the other day, out of nowhere, he's just like, man, you are so expressive. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> so, well, if he says it, it's true. Yeah. And it is true. Like, it, yeah. And it shows through the art you make, the way you talk. It, it shows. It's really refreshing. One last thing before we go. Famous last words, anything you'd like to tell our audience before you wrap up, anyone, you know, either struggling with finding their voice, finding energy to start their own projects because it's so hard. 
anything at all that you'd like to tell them? So I think my biggest thing, and I made a YouTube video about this recently, is like how to stay creative and motivated. My biggest thing, and I know it's harder than like just saying it sounds easier. I know it's harder than this, obviously. But my biggest thing is that you must create to ignite creativity. So if you want to do that thing, thinking about it and pushing it off and procrastinating, that's not getting you anywhere. You're not, you're not engaging those creative muscles. And as hard as it is to actually start, you have to start. You have to create to ignite the creativity, you know, like to get that juice flowing, those muscles, you know, strengthening. Sometimes I just don't want to do anything. I don't want to create. But then once I do, my brain's like, oh, yes, like this is what you needed. You know, it's that dopamine fix. And I just think if you're a creative individual, you're listening to this, obviously you're creative. And if you're putting something off, just start it, you know, start somewhere because that will make ideas flow. That will get your inspiration going. Hopefully you get in the zone where like time is an illusion and you don't even know how many hours are passing. <laughs> you know, if you can get to that point, turn your phone off and just start creating. That's like my biggest thing. Obviously, like I said, I know it's not always that easy. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling depressed, obviously we've all got pandemic fatigue. But I think if you can just make yourself do it, good things will follow, you know, only bigger and better things follow that. And that's it for today. Tell us what was the latest piece of art that made you smile or take any positive action? Let us know in the comment section of the post associated with this interview at etralab.com forward slash Holman. That's E-T-C-H-R-L-A-B dot com forward slash H-O-L-M-A-N. Or if you're watching on YouTube, simply let us know in the comment section below. If you're enjoying the podcast, please help us keep the show alive. You can subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts at etcherlab.com forward slash go forward slash Apple Or if you're more of a YouTube viewer, please make sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our most recent videos. Sharing is caring and every little bit helps. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Until then, let's make more art.